0: Throughout history, artists and writers were drawn to the northern Italian hill town of Asolo. Some say it's because it's the city of a hundred horizons. I think it's because it's the home of Asolo Prosecco. I'm Susan Schwartz, your drinking companion, and this is Lush Life Podcast. Every week we are inspired to live life one cocktail at a time. At one time, you might have caught a glimpse of poet Robert Browning, actress Eleanor Duzza, or writer Freya Stark sitting enjoying a glass of bubbly at one of the many cafes in this pearl of the Veneto. I can almost guarantee the liquid in their glass was Asolo Prosecco. In this episode, I'll be taking you with me to meet a few people who are making Asolo Prosecco what it is. We'll begin with a masterclass led by wine educator and journalist, Paolo Giacobo, who will explain what Asolo Prosecco DOCG is exactly. Then, Ugo Zamperone is next. He's the president of the Consortio of Asolo Prosecco, which is the association of producers and grape growers. Then we are off to meet a few producers of Asolo Prosecco. Dennis Borden from the Tenuta Dazzlo Progress Country and Winehouse, Hermenegildo Giusti of Giusti Wine, and then we finish off with Tenuto Barons' Andrea Spriza. I interviewed them all in Oslo, so alas, there's no video podcast this week. But you can find a video guide to the town of Oslo and a selection of the vineyards and historical sites I visited, so that you can visit them too when you're next in town. You can find it on my YouTube channel, youtube.com/slash/LushLifeManual, and of course, you can find the link in the show notes. Now, let's begin with Gian Paolo, who defines exactly what is Oslo Prosecco.
1: My name is Gian Paolo Jacobo. I am in the world of wine since 1995, so many years ago. When in Italy, when it was not so trendy, you know, but it was really, really interesting in it. And so for many years, I've met many, many producers, small producers in Italy, only in Italy at the moment. And i collaborate with the most important magazine here in Italy. And what about Prosecco? Prosecco is an area that is really close to my house, my home. And so it's my garden, you know. Because when I'm free, I am always go in, in that place in Nausolo Prosecco and Valdobiado Conigliano. And in, in these 30 years, uh, I've met many, many people, met producers. I'm in the family. So I know not only what all the people can see about Prosecco, can know about Prosecco, but also the tradition, something that is maybe hidden to, for the people because it's a part of something that is inside of this farmer or this producer. And it's very nice for me that I'm inside of this world, but at the same time outside. And so I can observe all the things, what's happened, how is growing the culture of wine, how is changing, uh, even the, the the climate, for instance. <laughs> mm. That's in, that in these days uh, is really hard. So the Prosecco is one of the, I think, most not not important, but well known, the name in the in the world of the sparkling wine. Because if you ask to all many people around the world what is prosecco, maybe they know, or they think to know what it is. Because often that it happens <laughs> uh, that uh, um, all the sparkling wine are prosecco, but it's not so. <laughs> so there is a lot of confusion about that. So we try to to give to clear this sort of concept that is very very important. Prosecco is a sparkling wine that is produced in the northeast of Italy, so in the region of Veneto, Veneto region, where is Venice, and part of Friuli, Venezia Giulia region. When we talk about Prosecco, Prosecco Dog, Prosecco Valdobbiadene Conegliano DOCG and Asolo DOCG. There's no one that is best and the other is worst or something like that. But there are different stories. So okay. sometimes it happens that you prefer to drink Valdobbiadene uh, uh, or Conegliano or Asolo or uh, Doc, uh, Doc that is in the flatland. Uh, but there is not only one Prosecco, but more Prosecco. So it's the same origin that is broken in the middle by the River Piave. Okay. This is very interesting to do with Google Earth because uh, you look, it's, it's like a, an alligator <laughs> that <laughs> is broken in the middle. Why? On the left, you found Asno. On the right, you found Padre But the origin is the same. That's, that's why you find the same soil, calcareous soil and sedimentary soil, very, very rich in mineral. The differences between one and the other is that in some part in Asno, soil is very more rich in mineral than in, in the other part in Valdobbiadene Conegliano. Oh, okay. So you find a big structure of the wine in Asolo, a thin structure in uh, Valdobbiadene, and totally another sort of structure in uh, Conegliano. This is nice to, t- to taste the the wine when it's still in the in the tank before the the fermentation. It's very nice to taste the wine and find all different taste. Uh, if you compare the different soil in different places. So the big difference is, is tra- between Asolo, Conegano, and Valdivyade, but inside of each, you found different, different tastes that mean different Prosecco. That's why, you know, there, there is not an only one. For instance, in Asolo, uh, you have uh, many uh, saltiness in the mouth. There are a lot of producers that uh, produce uh, brute or extra brute uh, Prosecco. Because you, you don't need anything. You, you don't need sugar or something like that to give more expression to the wine. Because it's enough what you have, you know, with this sort of wine. Yesterday I was there and uh, I've tasted this sort of new wine that just to understand what has happened.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> and
1: I found especially in this vintage 2022 is very rich in, in structure and taste. It's a very interesting wine, this one. And uh, in terms of aromatic part, uh, you find this hint uh, of lemon grass, very very fresh in the in the, in the nose, uh, and the drinkability that is very important. Drinkability is the fil rouge of all the prosecco, even in a prosecco DOC Valdobbiadene and Asolo, uh, because it is uh, a wine to drink and drink and drink is nothing to. To think <laughs> not so um, so complex as wine. And the characteristic right. is, is the simplicity. Because sometimes I heard some people that say, okay, I prefer champagne. Uh, I, say I prefer the other. I prefer champagne as well. But there is a moment to drink champagne and there's a beautiful moment. And mm-hmm. sometimes that is the moment to drink Prosecco and is right. a, a, a beautiful moment as well. You know, because- you know,
0: my father always said, comparisons are odious. So you can like champagne that has nothing to do with Prosecco. It's completely different. It's a completely
1: you know? different story, you know. Right. If you arrive at the end of the day, you arrive after your job. You are you are, you are tired, and you have you want something to drink. You get a, a glass of Prosecco, another another glass of champagne. After right. that, then maybe you can drink champagne, and it should be a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful moment. But. Uh-huh. There is a, a moment only for a prosecco, uh, and and then when you you can get in love with this sort of prosecco, you can decide to drink asolo. or do I know what you want asolo. The, there is another very important thing to serve, and, and maybe you have seen. This is really very really rich in biodiversity as area because there is not only plants of uh, vineyard or. But you find living trees, apple trees, chestnut trees, cereal and herbs. So it's very, very different. If if you have a uh, walking around the hills of, Prose- of prosecco, you find yes, of, uh, you find vineyard, of course, but at the same time uh, you find uh, many different type of plant or cultivation that give uh, a, a night nice, uh, biodiversity. And I want to think that's uh, the that, uh, and consortium who can decide, can preserve this sort of heritage that is very, very important. Because the story of Prosecco is recently because at the beginning of the DOCG was 2009. The history, of course, it was older, but it was totally different because many people, they move from the hills to the industry to work in the industry, the young people. I mean, in the last twenty years, they prefer to go to to work in a business in the in a, in the bank, something that was more cool. That to be a farmer, now it's cool to be a farmer.
0: It is. People are coming back.
1: Yeah, they coming back. Yeah, and they are very proud to be a farmer, to be a farmer from in uh, This case, it is, it is an historical moment for be for that because. I've seen many guys that they work in the the bank, in insurance, I don't know where or in the industry, and then they discover the farming inside of themselves, or or they have maybe some fields to cultivate. uh, and So there's, there's an interesting moment for this, and they are producing really interesting wine. Is a a big path, it is a, a long path to do, but is a nice moment for the wine, for Italian wine in, in general, not only for Prosecco, of course.
0: Now, absolutely. Now, just for specifics, for people who might not know, is it just the Glera grapes that are are grown in Asolo? Or, yeah. or is it mixed with anything else, the Prosecco?
1: Well, it's not only Glera. Uh, glera is the most important, uh, of course. But uh, they use ancient, old uh, variety as Bianchetta uh, okay. or uh, Pereira uh, and Verdiso. There are old the variety. And they are very interesting because they give the part of the aromatic uh, or, or structure. I, I, I like uh, a lot this sort of grape in the in the cuvee or prosecco. When you find bianchetta in the, in the mouth, you find something totally different. A nice structure and a nice acidity, natural acidity. That is very nice. And maybe you don't know that in this area is produced also red wine so as a recantina. No, maybe you taste I uh, Yes, when you were uh, here, no. Yes, yes, I did. We did. And they
0: told us a little bit of the story. I know it's not about Aslo Prosecco, but do tell the story because it's wonderful. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, so is Recantina, Recantina, that is in the, in the area of Montfuma. more, in my opinion, is the Grand Cru of Aslo. And then in Montello, there is an, another hill close to Aslo. Where is produced on the top is produced uh, Prosecco, and on the bottom of the hill uh, the red wine, very very interesting red wine, uh, Bordeaux style, some uh, Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, a little bit of Alicantina as well in this part of Montello, because uh, uh, the Montello and the uh, Asolo hills uh, are really close to one to each other, but different climate, different uh, taste. The climate is very important uh, because the elements uh, are the soil, of course, the grape we, we are talking about, and the climate, uh, because uh, uh, Asolo is uh, in, in the middle between Venice and the Dolomite. So right. it has uh, all the part of warm uh, air coming from south, the blowing from south, and the fresh current blowing uh, from north, where are the Dolomite. so... I mean, 30,000 uh, uh, meters of altitude, 40,000 meters of altitude, they mean uh, fresh air, they coming down uh, from north, uh, and Azurins uh, is in the middle, so it's, uh, it's a mix between the, the warm uh, from the flat land and the fresh from the mountain. Freshness, you know, fresh air and the hills give a technical change. And doesn't mean acidity, freshness in the wine. It's very, very important for a sparkling wine to have acidity. Right. Of course, not only structure, but it's important acidity just for the drinking community, uh, all that. Yes,
0: it's We're incredible sure. that when you look on the map, these places, Oslo, Colignano, and um, Valdobiadine, are not so far apart. Yet, they have such different climates and such different tastes. The next time, I'd like to try one glass next to each other of each different one, and to see the differences in salinity and acidity uh, and flavor. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, It is. It is. If you compare three, four, five, six prosecco from that area, you find all the different taste.
3: Right.
1: For instance, in an um, in Azula, are really close one to each other. I mean, maybe fifteen kilometers and not, uh, but more. But the, in the middle there is the the river Piave and the river Piave give a different climate on the right a different climate on the, on the left
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it's very nice and if if you have a a drink for instance it's just an example if you have a glass of Prosecco in Colbertaldo that is close to Vagobiana. You find something really flowery with this salt salinity is very thin, it's very delicate. is very creamy. It's very, very nice wine. If you taste the wine of Aslo, 15 kilometers from here, you find something that is in agreement groom with extractor, uh, with a big powerful in the mouth, uh, different characteristic. I mean, in terms of tasting. So different energy in the, in the month uh, is not one better than the other, uh, only different. And uh, you can use uh, with a pairing, uh, with different pairing with the food, for instance. You know? I like uh, uh, um, in, in Valdobiadene, uh, there's several producers that uh, give that use to do extra dry wine, mm-hmm. sparkling wine. Extra dry is uh, with 15, uh, 18 grams per litre of residual sugar. But is imbalanced. It's totally imbalanced. When you taste it, why you don't feel su- sweet? Because uh, you, see, you have the acidity that works uh, and clean your mouth uh, with acidity and saltiness. And so you can pair this, for instance, with fried sa- sardinia, <laughs> should be, with and, 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 and the onions. There is a, a particular dish. See, a traditional dish is uh, called the sardina in sour. Uh, it's right, a traditional dish. Very Venetian. Uh, Very Venetian, very Venetian. Uh Or or with Moeke. Right, the little shrimp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is funny in the world of wine, to find something that is funny, something that you can use where you want uh, just to enjoy yourself.
0: (laughs) Of course. Of course.
1: (laughs) It's our Um, goal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, and it's you know it's a great uh, prosecco is always a great aperitivo drink in yeah. in in my mind I love it also even with some desserts it's good with everything. Is yeah. there anything anything else that you think that we should know? Any funny stories or anything else about prosecco that we can leave people uh, with?
1: Yeah, uh, first of all, but well, there are more prosecco, but you should say that the prosecco is nice with aperitivo. It is. But it's a, it's a very nice to find uh, to try to try prosecco in the same time with different courses, even with the with the meat. Uh, it is very uh, interesting that you you can uh, understand that it works very well. You know, in this area, I, I mm-hmm. tell you uh, as a story it is a traditional to produce pr- prosecco with a sec- the second fermentation in the bottle without the gorge is prosecco mm-hmm. col fondo. Um, that is, um, as it was in the past, the Prosecco, when, when there was no technical process uh, as autocloss or that stuff, uh, that natural fermentation arrived in the bottle. And now there are uh, young guys uh, that are producing this way and it's totally sugar-free with the low sulfites. Uh, it's a cloudy wine, of course, because the, course. the, the yeast are inside of the bath. So it's a cloudy wine. It's not so nice to see, but it um, doesn't matter. <laughs> and this is beautiful to use in from the aperitivo to the dessert. I don't like in the dessert, but never mind. With the fish, meat, meat uh, cheese, vegetables, with the uh, Japanese cuisine is beautiful with the Japanese cuisine. And so if you Google Prosecco Colfondo, you find uh, many stories about that. It's very, very interesting wine. And it's typical in Valdobbiadene, Conegliano and in Lasolo in the hills, you can do this, that only in the hills because it needs uh, a CDT and uh, a real balance in the wine because it's uh, totally sugar free without sugar. And so it it should be, it needs a a big soil to to, to do that.
0: Well, fabulous. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's great to learn a little bit more about Prosecco. And we appreciate your time and thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you, Susan. Hope to see you as soon as possible.
0: Oh, me too, me too. Now that we know all about Aslo Prosecco, Ugo Zamperoni, the president of the Consorzio of Oslo Prosecco, is here to explain the history of Oslo Prosecco DOCG and what the Consorzio actually does.
2: Hello, I am Ugo Zamperoni, president of Consorzio Oslo Prosecco.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Why don't you tell me a little bit about why the Consorzio started in the first place and a little history of what it does.
2: Consorzio born in 1985. There is uh, a consortium in every appellation because a consortium manage the appellation and uh, have producers uh, on uh, certificate the, the wine because our wine uh, in Appellation is a certificate to grapes to the bottle for the customer.
0: So how many producers are part of the consortium?
2: There are uh, more than 400 uh, partners, counting also the farmers, but uh, wineries are something like uh, 64.
0: And about how many bottles do you produce
2: Uh, every year? Last year we produced uh, 24 million bottles and uh, we are the fourth Italian sparkling wine. And uh, we are not so small.
0: <laughs> not at all. Now, tell me a little bit about the beginning of when it started.
2: We started uh, the <laughs> in the 85, a really small area with also a Prosecco. The, the Prosecco was called uh, in a different way, like uh, Prosecco dei Colli Asolani, e Del okay. Montello dei Colli Asolani. E and in uh, 2009, there was a big uh, revolution in the Prosecco world, where we uh, reached the DOCG. Probably is the uh, great revolution that they were to know our Prosecco world.
0: So when you say it became a DOC, what does that mean exactly for the Prosecco growers?
2: We were really, really small with less than one million bottles. So um, uh, nobody could uh, imagine what would happen a, a few, few years uh, later. Uh, it was a, a, a revolution because the, the, the production increased year after year. So it was a great opportunity for our uh, region. In 2009, was less than 1 million, and today in 2022, we are at uh, 24 million, so it, is, uh, it, it was incredible. Year after year, 2-3 uh, million bottles more than, than last year, ever, more than 10 years.
0: It's <laughs> incredible. It is incredible. <laughs> and, and what do you see for the future of the consortium? How do you see it going?
2: I think uh, we are reaching our um, target, our target could be 30 million bottles because of of the hectare can produce uh, 30 million bottles and we we think when we reach the target we can work uh, better for the value of our wine, so we don't want to produce more Mm -hmm but we we want to upgrade our value.
0: What do you mean when you say upgrading your value? What kind of things
2: will change? I think uh, we have to work for quality uh, uh, as a first thing. And uh, if there is quality, I think we can sell better our product. And and, um, to make the difference with that, The other, Prosecco, um, very clean. So this is, I think, the the, the best target we can reach. Well,
0: that sounds fabulous. Well, thank you so much. Now, off we go to Oslo to meet the first of our three producers of Oslo Prosecco, Dennis Borden, the founder of Tenuta Dazlo Progress, Country and Winehouse, right outside the city itself.
4: Hello, well, my name is Dennis Borden. I am the owner and entrepreneur of the farm or tenuta Progress Country and Winehouse. We started our history around 10 years ago, and we are located in the commune of Asolo. Aslo is one of the most historical old towns of Italy. It's called one of the hundred most beautiful villages of Italy. And we are proud to have our farm, or tenuta, as we say in Italian, that is located in As. When it comes to our, our farm, or tenuta, we have different services and, and manufacturing processes that we do. The services is based on the Progress Country, that is like a, a luxury hotel. That's where we host the people that come from any part of the world. And that's where we do the bed and breakfast. And then of course, all the wine tasting and all the tours in our vineyards. Our vineyards are, we are proud of the fact that they are only in Asolo. And that's where we make Asolo Pusico DOCG plus Recantina. I'll tell you about it and about olive oil. That is the three main products we do. Azro Prosecco di is a, is a vast area. It's like the area of Champagne or Franciacorta or Trento Dock. And it starts from San Zenone, the Giazzanini, and it goes until Nerveza della the Battaglia. It's more or less 50 to 60 kilometers long and about 20, 30 kilometers wide. Okay. And in here, that's where they make the Azro Prosecco di But we are proudly in. Aslo, well, that is a um, very particular reason why we consider our our product one of, not only for the quality but also for the location as a unique product because most of the manufacturers around Aslo Prosek Diochi are not located in Aslo. So what do we do? We do three types. We have three brands plus oil. So the one is called Koidachi or called acellum that means mountain of Azul. It's a, ro- uh, a Roman way of saying Azul, Acellum. And that's glera, chiroglera, 100% glera. And we make it in three versions of sugar, so extra dry, extra root, boot and extra dry. It does the classic method of champignois, that is 40 days in the pressure tank. And it's a very fresh, taste. So it's very it has let's say, very strong influence of apple and very fresh fruits. Typical of Avoglera Prosecco or Azo Azoposhiko. And it's one of our, let's say, first range of products that are, we can call them more fresh. It's a fresh product because it stays short period in the pressure time. On the other side, we have the most complex and more different type of, of Avoglera Poshiko That that is one of my dream or one of my say missions, is to make something more close to the classic method. Champagne or Franciacorta or Trento Doc or Walter Popavese or Cava or whatever you want to mention the, the classic method. What well, we do is six months is in the pressure tank. So it gets more structured. It's more the fruit and the yeast and everything is more complex and more structured in terms of taste. And we can also put inside until 15% of Pinot Noir. So this makes it a complete different product. It's like we want to keep the tradition of Glada Prosecco with Koldachno, but we want to make also a complex and unique product that doesn't exist in the market. And it's around five to six months in the pressure tank. Also in this range of products we do extra brute, brute, and extra dry. So on both, let's say range of products, we have four to five grams per liter of extra brute, nine to 10 grams per liter for brute of sugar, and 14 to 15 grams of sugar per liter for the extra dry. And this is to satisfy most possible, all the different needs, taste more sugar, more dry, the mix depends. And of course, you can combine them with any type of food from some people eat also in pizza. We usually do it with starters or appetizers, and then you pull with the extra dry for a full dinner or full lunch. And then you can finish with the extra dry if you have some cookies, some sweet, something sweet. So it's a perfect combination, sugar with sugar. Inside the tenuta, we have the full process of um, winemaking. So we have Four people in the vineyards that every day work on the vineyards, cut tree to do everything. We are proud to be completely organic, certified organic. And we have won in the past or been awarded in the past by many famous, let's say, certificational or awards like the five Falstaff, Cool Course de Bruxelles, and American awards as well. So more. Let's say year after year, the product is, the products are appreciated a lot, in, as much as possible in the world and being, let's say a young company, the will to make something unique at the highest quality possible is our mission. So we're combining the, let's say the farm and Tenuta with the, the winery, the tasting and the hospitality together with the most, say, unique products we can make for the world.
0: Absolutely. Now, one thing you didn't reveal is how it got started and how old it is. You know, what was the brain behind it and the name, it being an English name as opposed to an Italian name?
4: first of all, it's a passion that I always had in terms of drinking. Not a lot, but drinking well. So passion started more or less, I would say 15 years ago and then after slowly I also studied to become so and notes and more and more to become more my knowledge to increase my knowledge in in the wine winery business. And I'm an industrial entrepreneur as as the basic. that's what I've been doing in the past 30 years in time. I always was interested in understanding how wine was made and how it is. We are full of vineyards around this area. So more or less around 2013, I started to discover where we can make a a wine and start planting the vineyards. And that's in 2015, born Progress Country and White House. So progress country, why knows why? Because progress is a name and part of me. It's it's an international word. It's not mine, but progress, of course, is my mentality to always be in progress, always innovating, always doing something in progress, and that's something that belongs to me as my mentality. All the companies I have are progress something. Progress profiles, progress index, progress holdings, progress country, and that's. To identify me as my mentality and the way I, I do the business. Then the passion came later with making the country that came as a whole, let's say a luxury hotel, like I told you, but it's more like a farm luxury hotel. Cause it's in the vineyards, very unique. And that's where uh, I wanted to create something important for the territory. Like I told you before, Oslo is historical, very important, but we, I wanted to make something special and unique in this major commune, in this commune that has 5,000 people live in it. And so that was for the hospitality. And slowly from 2015, 16, 17 and on, we bought vineyards where we planted different types of grapes and, and that's where everything started. Let's say that Year after year, we increase the capacity where we have the capacity of more or less 100,000 bottles that in the day in the world is nothing because they're sold 13 billion bottles in the world. So we are at 0.00 something, but we want to make something very unique. We means me, my wife, Beatrice, and my brother-in-law, Fanyo, Pontin, that we are the investors and the ones that wanted to. Make all this happen, and plus we have another six, seven people that work constantly every day, or in the farm in the tenuta, in the country house, or in the vineyards to uh, to take care of the vineyards every day. So this is how everything started, and grow, say more and more year after year because investments in this field are very high in general. But then in time, it's we are let's say. 50% depending on the tourism on the other 50% on the nature, because if you don't have, we can't, we can't control the nature. So, Some years you're very satisfied. And what we are doing of course, is to let us know the progress to wine also more possible in all our brands around the world, but most of all, we want to satisfy the quality and the requests of the markets that are appreciating, say Year after year, all our all our effort that we put in what we
0: yes, it's progress, right?
4: Continues
0: continuously. continuously. Huh? Well, th- that's great. Thank you so much for taking the time. It was great to hear about it and everything you do. I was lucky enough to not only stay there, but to try a lot of your all of your products, um, and uh, they're all fantastic. So, thank you again. I really appreciate it, and we'll talk okay. soon.
4: Thank you, Suzanne, for the interest, and all the best. Uh, thanks.
0: Our next guest, Gildo Giusti of Giusti Wines, left Italy for the U.S. and found himself in Canada. Now, after finding success there, he's returned home to create the best wine he can.
3: As a youngster, I moved to Canada and I spent my lifetime promoting the, the excellence in construction and the ceramic tile business and so on. Today, we are one of the largest construction company on the West Coast. We started investing in back in Italy in 1998. As I grew up in the vineyard, in the farm, my attachment to the land was what brought me back here. After all those years in Canada, I... You rediscover my own country, especially in summertime, the beautiful days, the sunny day, the fruit, the vegetable, and the art, uh, which I really made, and the culture. So because I was very blessed in Canada and we done very well, I want to do something back to the people that and uh, all the nationalities that supported me, the Chinese, the German, the people from around the world that give me job and work and love me doing my life in uh, in Canada. I want to give them back the best glass of wine as possible from my territory. The wine that I remember my dad used to sell to the doctor, to the lawyer in the city, because uh at home we used to drink the not very good wine, the good wine was given to other people. But though I remember, I still remember in my mind, how good the wine there was, which I didn't see him in Canada liquor store or somewhere in the United States. I never tasted wine like that again. So that's what pushed me to come back and to invest here, especially now that I'm in my seventy to, to spend the last ten, fifteen 15 years of my life, if I'm lucky. To do what I want, to promote my territory, to promote the made in Italy without pesticides, without chemicals, to farm like we did in the old days. My dad, my mom, my grandfather. I want to be remembered for the person that changed the way farming is done. I've been very successful in my construction business. This is my last chapter of my life. I want to change this industry. If I could eliminate completely pesticides and produce only quality, to produce high quantity of grapes, to produce less, but better. That would be my goal, and to do it in uh, harmony with nature.
0: Now, when you returned from Canada,
3: Mm -hmm. was
0: there a specific wine that you wanted to make? Or was it
3: Prosecco? Was it a
0: red wine? What did you have? What was your vision for it?
3: No, we started out with red. It was more on, on the red, but we bought the property and we planted white uh, because that's what we was going. Pinot Grigio, Chardonnay, which my family never had that. Uh, my family had uh, uh, Prosecco, Glera grape. Then when we purchased the property here at the Abbey where the plants are 50 years old, this is the best place to produce uh, a top Bordeaux. It was important for me to start with with what I could with the white and then going to the red, which is my passion.
0: And um tell me about building your site, which is so beautiful. Was this something that you always dreamed of of having that kind of facility or
3: No, it's um so all the things one one thing about me, I don't like to copy other people. I just want to do something which was uh, the building which was in harmony with nature, in harmony with the hills. So it was very simple to design the two wave, the up and down of the hill, which also represent the up and down of life. Because in life, you do up, down time too, not only up. What was important to me to produce something that has very little impact in the surrounding and, uh, and to be tourist friendly, <laughs> so that people can see and everything that you do inside. I want my vinyl to be an open book, very transparent with everything that we do. Because I grew up playing with open cards in the table. You deal with what you got. So, but all my buildings that I own, uh, different size, they're all one better than the other one, so I'm not surprised that this is as nice as it is because I, for me, is only excellence and that's uh, that. Side.
0: Do you see, because of how you farm and not using any pesticides and, as you said, doing less, which is doing more for the uh, the environment, do you see things changing in this area to be more like what you're doing?
3: Yes, yes, yes. Because, for example, until I came back here, there was no tourist here. My place is always full every day. Uh, through marketing, through promotion, and through the beauty of what they see when they come down. Then is one friend tell another, mm-hmm. another, and so on.
0: And why don't you tell us a little bit about what someone who's visiting can do when they come?
3: Okay, uh, m- most people come and they land in Venice or Treviso. They arrive in the afternoon, so they come in, they have a late lunch here. Mm-hmm. A lot of them like to relax for a couple of hours, or they go for a walk up the abbey. And if they're too tired, they will not do the wine tasting until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Otherwise they will do a late wine tasting and usually the first night I will meet them also. Mm-hmm. All the tourists from Canada, United States, uh, we, oh, I would say all the English speaking tourists, uh, I spend time, so. The second day, if they already done the tour of the cantina and the wine tasting, the second day, what we do, we visit all the estates. I got 10 different estates, so they can see physically see all the property, where the wine comes from. When they see, uh, oh, I drink your Rosalia, where does it come from? You can take them down to the property, walk to the property, say, okay, here is your Rosalia. Rolando is across the street. Caso Bianca is where I live. Uh, Maria Vittoria is where the villa is, the white villa, my youngest son. So, and it takes the second day, it takes you to see all the property. Third day, if there are tourists from uh, overseas, Venice. We go do the tour of Venice, which is, um, uh, is, I think, the most beautiful city in the world. I agree. Yeah. And uh, we get an opportunity to visit Venice with somebody that lives here. Okay. Right. Uh, I know the building, uh, the art, the food, the cheese, the, you know, the, the area. And I speak dialect, I speak uh, Venetian. And the fourth day, if they stay four days, uh, we do Bassano, Asolo. Uh, they go visit Azolo on their own, because straight down the road. Then the following day they leave.
0: Well, count the so, time. I don't see why anyone would want to be here. Yeah.
3: Of the time. Four days. That's uh, three days. They have good tour, tour.
0: And if there was one thing that you wanted everyone to know about uh, about Justy, what would it be?
3: The passion that we have to produce the top wine. You know the uh, love for the land, tremendous passion, tremendous love for everything that I do. I work very hard my whole life. Uh, I still get up at six o'clock in the morning. And uh, I try to entertain and see everybody I can. The only way I knew how to do it is by working, working hard. Fantastic. Thank you so
0: much.
3: Thank you. Thank I you really for the visit. Yeah. You too. Good.
0: Our last guest today is Andrea Spriza from Tenuta, Baron, whose restaurant is as wonderful as his Prosecco.
5: Hi, I'm Andreas Brissa of Tenuta Baron in Asolo. We are a wine producer, viticultural viticulture company, a sustainable viticultural company. We run, me and Giacomo Baron, this company, we started together in 2012 when we was at the university, Milan. Okay, We started together, the idea, because we get it on both vineyards and the cellar and put together our things and make the brand Tenuta Barone alive, okay? <laughs>
0: Were you always a wine drinker? Was this something that you loved are- or your family had?
5: Yeah, my family have this vineyard my grandfather planted in 1971, a vineyard of Prosecco and Merlot. And Giacomo, the father of Giacomo, bought the estate where we are right now, the Tenuta Barone estate. In 1979, where we have di D.O.C.G. Grape Prosecco and also Verduzzo Trevigiano, a typical grape of the area, and Cabernet Sauvignon, and Shiraz. Okay, another thing. But it's properly where we are right now with the company. It's called Villa Persicini. Okay, it's a villa about 400 years old. It was built by a Venetian family, this Persicini family. Uh, right now is our headquarter. <laughs> where we have the cellar where we do the uh, vinification and we, we are warehouse uh, and also our tasting room because we're working a lot with the tourism uh, and this kind of stuff we have busy uh, events in the winery
0: was your grandfather just making wine for your family yeah. your friends was he selling it you know what what yeah. were you doing with the
5: wine? Uh, my grandfather make wine for the family, and also they selling like to friends and stuff. Uh, Buy wine, you know, Damigiana, the no, fifty that? liters uh, Not uh, bottle, the big bottle we used to have in uh, in our in Italy. Uh, fam- the Baron family, the Giacomo family, used to sell grapes to other wineries. And make like uh, so a thousand bottles uh, of uh, prosecco, some verduzzo in bottles, some cabernet sauvignon. Cabernet sauvignon is one of uh, the oldest wine in Cab- Tenuta Baron. Uh, nothing. Uh, after my grandfather is becoming my uncle, doing the same thing, uh, producing, some, uh, producing the grapes, make the wine, uh, drinking at home because my um, my family, my mother family. We was like a 60, 65 person, a big family, Yeah, big family, a lot of cousins. uh, And my my mom, I have seven, yeah, seven uh, brother and sister. We need a lot of wine, (laughs) 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 they need, because I was a child. And 10 years ago, we decided with my mom to bring the the vineyard uh, and all this part of the land and uh, we purchased it. And I started uh, to following the production of the grape. uh, Bring in the grape to the Tenuta Barona and make the wine together, put it together with the Giacomo.
0: What kind of wines did you start making first? Or was you just continuing? When we arrived. The exact same thing yeah, that your grandfather was making.
5: Yeah, we when we arrived, we continue to produce in Prosecco because it was 2012, 2013. You know, the OCG Azul was born in 2009. and was starting to become something big and bigger and bigger and bigger. Also, we maintained the Cabernet Sauvignon because it was an historical wine. We maintain Merlot, but we used to had uh, with the Chirac for make Con our top wine, red wine. Con means with love. <laughs> e, but we started bottling uh, Pure Chirac with the name of the company I own for the, this vineyard. Casa Rosa is the name of the company. It's like Pink House e, from 2018 Vintage. Okay, we made a new wine, Mer- this Merlot. The white wines we made, uh, becoming after, like uh, Manzoni Bianco and Chardonnay, becoming after in the years because we want to improve our production. Uh, we are love. We love to experiment, to do experiments and things. And also the rosé was just uh, the first ideas we had. The rosé, we starting in the first years. You mean the
0: rosé sparkling. The wine rosé that we sparkling had. wine. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about that.
5: But Rosé was born with a blend of Prosecco and Cabernet Sauvignon. A mess. <laughs> Nothing good. After year by year, we understand how to make, uh, you know, experiments go uh, forward and you understand, uh, also you understand your taste, understand the taste of the the, the clients. Uh, we arrived to make this blend about uh, Raboso del Piave, which is an old variety, it's probably one of the oldest varieties in Veneto. It was the wine of Venetian people. A red grape, very acid, very powerful. It's a blend between Raboso, uh Verduzzo Trevigiano, wild, well, uh, white old variety too, typically, and uh, Merlot. Okay, uh, we used to make a brut, uh, very low uh, low sugar. And it's become one of our uh, most uh, famous wine for our little brand. Okay. <laughs> I
0: know. We're here to talk about Asolo Prosecco, really. Can you okay. describe what makes your Prosecco different?
5: Okay. Uh, we used to pick it up, uh, 15 different plots Okay, of Asolo Prosecco. And we divided uh, by vintage, uh, age of plantation, uh, age of planted, okay? The age of vine- vineyards, exposition, uh, town, because we have it in different towns. And we pick it up separately, vinify separately, maintain these base wines separately in the tanks in the cellar. After that, when it's October, November, when the wine is ready, finish the first um, the first fermentation and do a couple of changing of tanks for cleaning. Uh, we do a tasting table and start blending, okay? In this way, we're looking for have uh, three different blends. Extra-dry aslo Prosecco, Brut aslo Prosecco, and apart, we're selling like a bulk wine. Normally, bulk wine is the wines we don't like it, okay, we're selling bulk. And the other two wines we're looking for have different like tastings and smells for makeup. For example, our extra-dry is more mature fruit because, you know, when you're thinking about sugar wine, you look for more mature fruit, okay. And the brute is more about a minerality, freshness, a little bit of salty. So in English, it's weird to say salty, but in Italian we say salinity. <laughs> salinity, salinity. Yeah, salinity, okay. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> makes uh,
0: it sound better. Man, it makes it right. sound
5: better. Yeah, salinity, salinity, okay. <laughs> and year by year, we understand which, in this way, you understand every plot. So when it's better to pick it up and you have an historical about this, it make the uh, wine, I, I saw year by year growing and growing in the quality, okay.
0: Fabulous. And yeah. what is, and what do you have going forward?
5: Well, what we want to make new.
0: <laughs>
5: oh, it's a good question. But it's brand new, our tasting room where we do events and things we built in 2020. We are improving this thing because we just build and uh, finishing in March another building for make private, private events, private tastings. Uh, this These things is in the top of the hills of the estate. You see old area. Okay, it's our little house uh, made by wood and glass. Okay, with the view. Uh, oh, we're looking for improve our quality, improve our clients, improve our brands because our focus was it started uh, more than ten years ago to make a big make a brand, and we want to arrive to our, we become a famous brand. Okay, Tenuta Barone become a famous brand.
0: Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that, and good luck.
5: Oh, I'm happy. You say that, I thank you too, and I'm um, to spoke about it.
0: <laughs> I have to give a huge thank you to everyone who participated in today's episode and everyone at Studio Crew who invited me to meet them. Although a glass of Aslo Prosecco is fabulous on its own, of course there are plenty of cocktails that you can also make with it. Would I leave you without a cocktail of the week? Our cocktail of the week comes straight from master mixologist Samuele Ambrosi, the owner of Cloakroom Cocktail Lab and Knowledge Hub in Treviso. We met at Venice Cocktail Week last year, and I am thrilled to be including one of his cocktail creations. It's called The Made in Italy, and is a little different from what you might think of as a Prosecco cocktail, because it's savory. So. In an electric blender, add about a pound or 500 grams of cherry tomatoes and 10 to 12 fresh basil leaves and blend everything for a few minutes. Leave the liquid all together for about 10 to 15 minutes in the fridge. Then strain it all and mix in about one teaspoon of white sugar. There you have your cordial, which you can keep in the fridge and it's good for about two weeks. Now, for our made in Italy cocktail, Take 50 mils or one and a half ounces of that gorgeous cordial you just made and 150 mils or 5 ounces of Oslo Prosecco DOCG Extra Brut and add that to a mixing glass. Add ice and then stir, stir, stir. Then strain it into a champagne glass and garnish it with a tomato basil cracker. Salute! You can find this recipe, more Prosecco cocktail recipes, and all the cocktails of the week at lushlifemanual.com, where you'll find some of the ingredients in our shop. Hey y'all, when you hear this, I'm on my way to Seoul and Tokyo. Check out my Instagram to see what I'm up to and where I'm drinking. So if you live for Lush Life, make sure you head out to the bars and restaurants you love and tell them how much you love them. Theme music for Lush Life is by Steven Shapiro and used with permission. And Lush Life is always and will be forever produced by Evo Terra and Simpler Media Productions. Which leads me to say the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation, and always drink responsibly. Next up, we're meeting the King of Cocktails, Mr. Lion, who has a new book out. Can't wait, as it's the first time he's been on the program. Until that time, Bottoms Up!